Welcome to the Professional Amateur Podcast, where I talk to amateurs who are getting paid to do what they love professionally. We all have to start somewhere, and these are our stories. Deborah Mastic is a pug lover, pug owner, and inventor of something so niche that it's taken the world by storm. I sit down with Deborah to learn about the Pugly Company and its flagship product, the Fluff Truff. It's a product she designed to help her pug pork chop, and in a few years, pugs and dogs all around the world have been able to benefit from it. Welcome to the Professional Amateur Podcast, and today we have an amazing person that has made the lives of my pugs so much better. <laughs> Deborah, introduce yourself and what, you, what you've made and what you do. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, my name is Deborah Mastic, and I am the owner of The Pugly Company which started with our core product, which is called the Fluff Trough. And it is an elevated feeder that I designed for my pug pork chop when he really started to struggle eating from traditional dog bowls. So I started this back in 2018 and he just, he loves eating like every pug we know. <laughs> and I, uh, he just, he got vestibular disease, uh, which is a disturbance of balance in the inner ear and eating from any dog bowl was just a struggle. And I tried pretty much all of them, um, that were, you know, designed to help pugs eat. Um, so I got a 3d printer and I started making like prototypes of a dog bowl for pugs. Hmm. Um, so the first one was a bit rough, uh, but then I started refining it until, you know, I came up with the concept I was happy with. And then I shared it with a couple of pug friends just to get their thoughts. And they instantly saw the value um, in the design of the bowl. So I thought, okay, you know, I, I can't just make this for pork chop. Um, you know, I want to, you know, get this out in the world. And I had about... $30,000 in my savings account. So instead of buying a house, <laughs> I took all that money and put it into, um, you know, starting this company and mass manufacturing the fluff trough. You know, that's, that's what we call, you know, taking a risk for something you believe in, because not a lot of people out there would do that. Um, so before you dove into this, what, what, were you doing professionally? So before that, I was a, a professional resume writer and career coach. Hmm. Um, and before that, I worked in training and development. Oh. So my background is in uh, technical communication, which is technical writing. And that translates into um, basically designing information for a specific purpose, for a specific audience, right? So, <laughs> well, <writing. laughs> you know, it's funny because it actually kind of like it translates into what you, what you did with the fluff trough. <laughs> it, yes, it does in a lot of ways. Um, I've learned a lot about product design now and uh, running a global business. So I wasn't really prepared for that part of it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we're definitely going to get to that part because it, it's such a, 
an awesome journey that has happened quickly. Uh, you, you, you never expect to hear somebody like, yeah, you know, started this idea three years ago uh, to help out my pug. <laughs> and here we are today where it's a, a, a global uh, operation where it's a, a global love too. I mean, I don't know anyone in the community, not just pug community, but in, in the, the pet community that doesn't love the, the fluff trough overall. Um, so you start making the, you make the prototypes, you, you invest all this money and like, how did you say, you know what, this, I'm going to make this work. How, how did you take those steps to basically start your empire? <laughs> yes. So this is what's interesting. I learned a lot very quickly because um, when you design something before you put it out into the world, you have to start the process of getting a patent on it. Mm. Because even if you design it, if someone else starts a patent on it first, it's theirs. So um, wow. I had only shared the concept with a few friends, but they were so passionate about it that I'm like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and start this patent process. So I uh, started getting a design patent, which actually takes a couple of years to get. But once you get it started, you're protected. Oh, okay. um, so that was a big investment, just getting the design patent and then to raise some additional funds and test the market after I got the patent process started, um, I launched a Kickstarter campaign um, and that was funded in less than 24 hours. So wow. that told me, you know, we had a lot of interest in the, the product. Yeah. Um, and I uh, basically um, had to search very hard to find you know, a manufacturer who would work with someone who, you know, I'm like, I don't, I've never done this before. I'm not a big company. I don't know how many units I'm going to order this year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a lot of money to buy the tooling. So, you know, it is very difficult to find a manufacturer that would work with me because I wanted a very high quality end product. So learned a lot about the manufacturing process. Um, and then, um, basically I got a Shopify website, which I built and launched the product and we sold out so fast. Like I didn't have enough inventory in stock. Like the, the minute I launched the product, it, it, the first one sold within like the first second it went online. That, that is every entrepreneur's dream but also it's anyone that has has had a passion and put themselves out there like that's it's a rarity that it happens like that but when you have something that people not just want they need uh because of the benefit of it it's it's beautiful to see it especially because it has been so diy i mean you're you're not a big company like you you started out it was you <laughs> a 3d printer and extra cash and then you just flew blind into all this and it's it's actually it's it's inspiring because it shows you that if you have uh, an idea and if you really believe in the idea and you follow through on it yeah you never know what's going to happen and like especially in a case like yours or something beautiful happens like this. So when 
you get to this point now you have you're figuring out manufacturing you have this um you have your shopify site which you know thank goodness for shopify it makes life yes. a lot easier <laughs> <laughs> yeah we we have our own shopify site and w without that like it's it's nice to not rely on somebody else's like like an etsy or anything like that where they take huge cuts of 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 your sales so yes so it, you have these balls rolling and then um when i first met you that was that would have been 2019 yes in the at in las vegas at the vegas pug party because of course you know that's what pug people do <laughs> yes i remember we had uh our tables next to each other which was a lot of fun yes it was especially for philomena philomena loved that you were right there with all these bowls of food <laughs> <laughs> but um it, was that your first show that you that you did yeah so you know what's funny at that point i hadn't I didn't even have product in stock. I just had had a couple prototypes from the manufacturer made. Mm. Um, so I had done the Kickstarter campaign and how Kickstarter works is people pledge a certain amount of money knowing they're gonna get their product or reward when it's ready. <laughs> so um, February, I didn't even have any product. I just had the samples, which I put on my booth. Mm. And that was the first show and uh, when people came by, they didn't know what it was. They thought it was a pug seat, like a pug chair. Um, but once I put the samples on the floor and people's pugs started eating from it, everyone immediately saw the value. So we donated the sample we had um, for the raffle. Um, and I, I, it got a lot of, uh, raffle tickets, which was super nice, but yeah, that was my first show just to kind of get out there. Um, at that point, that's, that's so that is actually, now that I think about it, that was our first show too, which oh. was strange because we, you know, with the, the designs that my wife does and her artwork, like you would think why not do a small local show like a farmer's market or something but no let's just go all the way to vegas and be a vendor at the pug party because <laughs> we're pug people yeah so yeah, but it i do i remember once it started catching on that day the everyone was like talking about it like yeah any any flat-faced dog owner especially you know us, us pug people are very particular about how much our uh pugs um fart uh to put it yes. bluntly <laughs> <laughs> because it is a natural thing that happens a lot with pugs but the the fact is when we got our bowl even before you expanded into the uh, slow feeder the the binge blocker um it was like night and day it was within two or three days i noticed that like phil wasn't just you know breaking wind everywhere like she wasn't just laying on you and then you'd hear the telltale <laughs> <laughs> and you're like oh and she like everything she wasn't burping as much i was like oh, this is really good and of course with her being you know she's special needs with her brace you know 
bending down would always be an issue because sometimes she'd lose footing. So having something that she that was perfect height for her, I was like, okay, if this doesn't take off, I don't know what will. And then that's when we were just watching on social media how things started rapidly happening for you. <laughs> after the the show, after you you finally got you say, when did you finally get your first um like run of products from the uh from the manufacturer? So we actually got them the month after. So we got them in March. The the pug um, the Vegas pug party was in February. Um, we got them in March and sold out. And the problem, this is what I learned very quickly is you think, great, you sell out, you have all this cash to work with. But in reality, what I really needed was more cash in order to manufacture inventory in advance. So we didn't sell out. So I had to wait till I sold the product I had then I had a little bit of money so I could buy more inventory. So I was at that stage where I just was so constrained by cash because I had spent all the money I had to buy the tooling needed to manufacture the product as well as the patent, you know, and just other business stuff you have to get set up. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a, a, a lesson. That's a hard lesson to learn because no one teaches you that that's not something that you just go oh let me just look up online and find out what happens if my product's really popular <laughs> <laughs> yeah like and, and i don't have a background in finance um and you know what what you mentioned with phil being uh, special needs this is what's interesting a lot of a lot of conventional advice will tell you don't make a niche product make a product that will appeal to a very broad market. But what's interesting is if you do make a niche product, you don't have a lot of competition. So the fluff trough, while there are other elevated bulls designed for flat-faced dogs, you know, the fluff trough really came into the market and caught on very quickly. And because it is a niche product, well, it, you know what's funny? It's really not because what happens is people buy it for like, one like pug in their house or a dog with medical issues, but then they find every other pet only wants to eat from the fluff trough. So they end up buying it for the cat, for the German shepherd, uh, <laughs> for, for all the other pets. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's big. And I, I could definitely understand that at Penny, when we adopted Penny, I know this is further down the road now, but we, we're like, oh, she's been eating from bowls for, you know, six years at that point because, you know, she we adopted her when she was six. And um, I was like, well, I, I don't know how she's going to take to it. And, you know, we, of course, the crazy pug parents we are, we have already had a couple that we have bought <laughs> because why not? Yeah. Well, we ended up putting it down. And instantly she just walked over to it and she's like, wait, I just eat from this. This is great. And we noticed with her, it's really, it's really good for her because not just the gas thing. It's like, she, even though she's not special needs, she's just special. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like every time that she would like go over to the water bowl or go over like um, when we were bringing her uh, 
from where we adopted her, uh, we stopped and we gave her some food. Like she has very loose control of her front legs. They flap about and it's, it's really cute watching her, but she struggles to do certain simple things when it comes to, you know, putting her head near the the ground. They just like fly out and slide out in every direction. So the fact that she can just walk right up to the, the fluff trough and have her food without, you know, spazzing out basically it's it's it made us realize like yeah this this is any pet is going to really benefit for this because it's just a natural position to eat in like it's they're just standing there without craning their neck and you know all the bad things that they shouldn't be doing when they're they're eating yeah and this is what's interesting i have actually eaten just so I know what it feels like, like a dog from a traditional dog bowl. And if you try to eat with your head down and your neck bent bent at a 90 degree angle and you're trying to swallow food, it is so uncomfortable. Um, It's incredible to me. And I'm, I'm going to share one of my little design secrets. So what I have learned is when you design a product, you want to design for the customer that has the most difficult time using that product. So um, when we test new products, I'm gonna go out and test with animals that do have a lot of special needs or a lot of medical issues because if it works really well for them, it's gonna work spectacular for everybody else. So that's what we do now is we design for the, the animals that struggle the most. Mm. And that's that's actually a really good tip too because the if you can cater to the the people that struggle the most with something that is an everyday task even if it is just having dinner or breakfast i should be very careful using those words with those two in here but (laughs) (laughs) um when you go that route it makes it not just like well uh not just a, a as a thing that helps the people that really needed the, the the special needs the people that have hard problems doing it you find out that hey you just made their lives easier it's going to make everyone's lives easier so that's that's nothing but positives down the entire like okay this this is a product that's gonna go beyond just being a, a like a super niche product this is gonna actually help everyone not just the the one tiny uh, sliver of the community. Yeah, and that's why when we release a new product, um, we get pre-orders before we even share details about the product because people know this is our design process and we're not going to release a product that doesn't work yeah. universally. Yeah, see, that that's great. So speaking of of that and you said product you know releasing additional products so the original fluff trough came with the 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 standard insert and and how long after that did you make the the binge blocker um insert so um so the yeah i released the the standard one with the fda silicone insert and that serves a couple purposes um 
A, your dog's not eating on plastic, right? It's, yeah. it's very high quality FDA silicone, it's microwavable, and you can just remove it to put it in the dishwasher or put the food in. It just simplifies the pet parent's life. Um, so what's interesting is I designed the original fluff trough for Porkchop who struggles to eat. So Porkchop's not a fast eater. He doesn't have a lot of teeth. So I, the, the thought of doing like a slow feeder didn't really cross my mind because that's not how Porkchop eats. Yeah. So what's interesting, you put a product into the world and you're going to get a lot of feedback. So put this out. A lot of people loved it, but they're like, oh, my dog eats too fast. Can you come up with some sort of slow feeder concept? So in my mind, I'm like, okay, I don't want to make people have to buy a whole new bowl. Let's just make another insert. And there's no good slow feeders on the market for flat faced dogs right now. They're all too deep and comfortable and unsafe for them to eat from. So that's why the binge blocker has more shallow pockets. So um, I released the binge blocker. um, Actually, that was in 2020 because I had to wait to get an investment in order to afford um, tooling to make new products. So 2019 was a struggle for me just to keep inventory in stock because I was on my own trying to grow this business. Um, And then I started looking for, um, you know, outside investors. That looking for outside investors is something that terrifies me. Yes. (laughs) Just hearing about it because you are, you know, you're, you're selling yourself to these people that are, you want them to give you their money so that's like uh how do you approach doing that uh to to finding you know people that look at your product and say yes i believe in this and i i love where this is going here's money like like (laughs) it's actually it's one of the hardest parts i'm going to say that um so the first thing I, i did is i actually applied for shark tank Um, and I made it to the third round, but then I got cut. (laughs) So I was, and, and getting on shark tank is brutal. Um, it's very difficult because they try to almost break you to to make sure you can handle the pressure. If you do make it to the TV show. Right. Oh, okay. So I had made some progress there and then got cut. And then I was really upset about that because in my mind, I'm like, oh, this is the only path to success. How else am I going to do this? (laughs) Um, but this is what's interesting. Uh, then I started, you know, sharing that, Hey, I have no money to run this business. I'm out of inventory. Is anyone interested in investing? And what's interesting, a lot of people love the product and I had a lot of people interest, interested in investing, but you know, this is where you want to pick a strategic investor. You don't Mm -hmm. just want to say, okay, this person's offering me this amount of money, let's be business partners, because you want someone who, you know, has business and financial acumen, has connections and can help you grow the business, um, you know, as much as possible. So what the most difficult part is, is understanding what your business is worth. So you can say, hey, I want this amount of money for this amount of equity, right? So that's kind of a negotiation thing. And um, I, again, I don't have a strong background in finance. So I had to get a lot of help to 
you know, figure out how to position my business um, to get an investment. Yeah. Well, that's, that's daunting, (laughs) but yes, (laughs) but yeah, on the flip side, the positive is, is when you find it, if an investor, I mean, I'm not going to say it's all smooth sailing because there's still a lot of work to do, but was it of relief when you found them? Yes, it's a relief. Um, You know, and what a lot of investors will look at is, um, you know, so the um, core investor I work with, he saw on my website that I was out of stock. So that was kind of a trigger in his head that, hey, you know, this business is having some cash flow issues. (laughs) Um, And an investor will also look at, is this a business, a product that is safe to invest in, meaning um, I had worked really hard to get the patent protection in place. Mm -hmm. So if I didn't have that patent protection in place and another company could have easily duplicated what I'm doing, then it's not a good investment. So, you know, they're looking at, are you having um, good sales? Um, and and basically, you know, is this a, a business that it has like intellectual property and, and stuff that is safe to invest in? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes total sense because, well, it makes sense when you explain it because it, in my mind, because I also have no financial background at all so <laughs> if, if i would see that well oh she's out of stock a lot that means she's selling everything she must not need an investor <laughs> like I, <laughs> I i would have thought the opposite so <laughs> yeah and what's interesting especially with i'm not trying to jump ahead but with this year um managing managing cash flows with covid is so difficult because getting anything manufactured and shipped right now, there's such a lag Mm -hmm. that we had to buy so much inventory in advance. So you're buying inventory like six months before you're actually selling it, which is a huge hit to your cash flows. Oh yeah. Um, So to to survive this market right now is very difficult. um, And it does require a lot of working capital. Yeah. I've, I can only imagine, um, luckily, you know, the, the realm that we're in, we, we manufacture a lot of everything ourselves, the artwork yeah. side. So, you know, the, the pins, you know, those design things. Yeah. We, we, we work with a, a manufacturer for those, but those don't, those aren't something we have to worry about until this time of year, uh, in the holiday season everything else we handle ourselves we we make it ourselves we ship it ourselves you know all that stuff so i i i my heart goes out to you for actually having to deal with supply chain issues and everything that has come from the pandemic that grinds everything to a halt basically um so you said you know this year you know the basically it's it's been well last year i keep forgetting this is 2021 (laughs) (laughs) it's it's just about over but i keep forgetting it's 2021 (laughs) but uh so the before uh the pandemic hit what where were you branching off to so you you had the binge blocker in coming that 
you know, last year. But you, did you, what was your your game plan to grow um, overall with with the Fluff Truff and your company in general? Uh, that is a great question because what's funny is when I think back to when I started this and like early or, or 2019, I didn't really have a game plan because I was so caught in the weeds that I just was like, oh my gosh, I'm just trying to manage this business. We're constantly out of stock and I'm super stressed out. So it wasn't until I got um, some strategic investors that I really kind of had the help and the time and the resources to come up with a game plan. And what's, um, you know, obviously, you know, the, the, the fluff trough has grown very quickly in the flat face dog market and it's such a natural fit there, but you know, it has many benefits for cats and for pretty much every other breed. So, you know, my goal is to become the best dog and cat feeding system for, for every breed. And I, I think we can get there because when you look at the other bulls, like uh, the fluff trough has interchangeable inserts. Um, and we have the FDA silicone, we have the binge blocker, which is the slow feeder. We have the stainless steel uh, water bowl insert, but we also have more inserts uh, coming out. So uh, like a messy eaters insert, which actually has a higher kind of roof. Oh. <laughs> um, you know, we have a different version of the slow feeder um, for like dogs that eat more of a raw type food. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So basically, this is a system that you can invest in for your pet that depending on how what their eating needs are, we're going to have some sort of insert that makes it as easy as possible for them um, or binge blocks them so they don't choke. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, it, it, what's interesting is I did not plan to make this, well, it, it never was in my dreams to make this a global company because I was just so caught in the weeds, like I said, but we had um, retailers and distributors from other countries reaching out to me, wanting to carry the bull. And it usually doesn't happen that way where you have to have like a salesperson that's going out to the retailers trying to get them to stock it, but they were coming to us. So um, getting an investor so we could build up enough inventory so other countries uh, could buy large shipments. So now we have uh, distributors in Canada, Singapore, um, and Europe. Wow. Wow. And that's, and you, you're right. It is that much. I do know uh, that normally you have to go and, and pitch it to those people for, for them to, to want something because you, but for them to come to you, it's, that's, that's another like indication that, Hey, what I'm doing is I'm doing the right thing because it's, everyone's taking notice. So when, when these international markets started saying, hey, we need this, and you started to produce and get things uh, get things moving. How, you know, how, um, how quick has it been since the interest started to, I guess, I would say this year, uh, to like, the uh, visibility 
that the fluff trough has had like because i know for me i'm kind of blind to it because we've been there since we saw it in 2019 so and then you know i i see your updates and i'm like oh great more things are happening but then i start seeing that it's like on this list and on that list and it's on this website and i'm like this this is happening really fast so the time frame from the international markets going hey we want this to it being plastered everywhere on the internet that i've seen <laughs> <laughs> like what was that kind of time frame oh gosh i mean once i got my my first investment and had money to buy inventory then sales grow right you get more distribution mm. Um, you know, now that we had when I was first starting, we shipped to all countries, but it, you know, it's it's a lot of money to to buy something in the US and have it shipped all the way to Europe. And then there's customs charges and there's VAT charges. So we did have people buying it, but I was getting a lot of people saying, Hey, I really want this, um, but I just can't afford this shipping. Yeah. Um, so it actually th- this business has, I, I mean. I got my first product in stock March of 2019 and two years, almost three years later now, um, we are being sold in over 45 different countries, um, wow. which is just crazy to me. And we were just awarded a top pet product in the pet feeder category um, by Pet Business Magazine. So it's so nice that like others are seeing the value in the the design of the product um and what i tell people is you know don't start a business to make money it's nice to make money but start a business to solve a problem right and solve a problem of something that is important to you right i would never go out and be like i'm gonna start i see a problem but i know nothing about boats or you know know, something like that like i feel like the more familiar you are with like a product or a a problem then you know that's a good reason to start a business and i think that's why this business has been so successful because we're not just developing products just to grow revenue and you know just say oh we have 20 items in our product line every product that we come out with now is what customers are asking for specifically. So a lot of people will provide feedback or write and say, hey, I have this uh, kind of pet, this is their problem, what would solve their problem? So everything we make is purely based on customer feedback and we involve customers throughout the whole design process. You know, that's that's actually probably the best advice you could really give anyone starting starting out whether it be any type of business really if if they're trying to solve a problem that they are in fact having with a pet or a loved one or even just something around the house and if they're in it to fix that problem and not just make money because yeah everyone wants to make money but you will find that when you're fixing a problem that you have, you're going to find out that many other people have that problem too. So 
once once the ball starts rolling especially in your case it's it's showing i mean that's you know that's a lot of countries <laughs> that are in in you know in this uh in the uh i i want to say the fluff truff ecosystem right now (laughs) because it it, it's such a smart idea for a feeder because normally it is like you buy the feeder and it's just the feeder and it's not really made that well or it's whatever and especially that when you said earlier about binge block you know, uh, slow feeders in general we used to have them for phil and they would be way too deep for her flat face and she'd like jam her face into it as hard as she could because she loves food and we started realizing like this isn't good for her like we we can't keep doing this <laughs> So the fact that you you look at these problems when when people are coming to you and saying, yeah, I never, you know, I myself had, haven't experienced this, but a lot of people are telling me that, hey, their pugs will eat a bowl of food in under five seconds, sometimes less, and uh, that can be a problem. And so the the fact that you you approach it with the customer's feedback, it brings uh, another level of of really of, of beauty to your products because it's what we want as the pet owners and it's not just we as the pug community or we as you know just dog owners it's we as pet owners See, these are things that we've been looking for that just haven't been there and you were the person that took those steps to to say i i need to fix this problem because my dog is having problems with doing this so it's it is a beautiful story and what i want to know is we're getting to this point where now you're global all these publications are are talking about you where do you go from here yeah so um you know i we need to finish the product line for the fluff trough xl um and that's you know the larger version of the 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 fluff trough um so once i finish those i actually have i want to innovate in other pet product categories i want to take what i have learned in designing the fluff trough and apply that to other categories where there are products that are on the market, but they're not really solving the problem. So I have a lot of ideas, but you know, getting a global company running smoothly, it's a lot of work. So it's it's you know, it takes all of my time right now just to keep this company funded and running and the new products coming out and products in stock. So once I can get it running a little more smoothly, I want to create products that are like the fluff trough, but now they're categories. And um, I have a lot of ideas, just not enough time to <laughs> get them out there yet because, because the process of you know, doing research and development, making prototypes, refining the prototype, uh, testing it, and you know, getting to this beautiful product, it's a long time. And, you know, I know 
it seems like, oh, you just, just make it, you know, <laughs> but it's, it's a lot. And to get something that works flawlessly and universally, it just takes time. And I don't want to cut any corners with those processes. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's, I guess that's the, the, uh, the, the problem with being successful is when you're that successful and things keep happening, you are, uh, you know, you have a company to, to run. So it, it makes it, uh, makes it tough to get your, your head back into the, you know, research and development game because it's, you have the, the ball's not rolling anymore. It is, it's speeding downhill. So you, you have to, (laughs) you have to, uh, make sure you're there to guide it. So I'm like chasing it. actually. (laughs) (laughs) I, I could understand that. That's, like I, I, uh, I had told a, a friend of mine, uh, who it's actually, I'll, I'll be talking to him, uh, soon on, on an upcoming episode. Um, how, how does it feel when something like this happens? And I think he put it, um, put it very, very bluntly, but perfectly. He goes, I have no idea what each day is going to bring, but I know it's going to be fast it's gonna be fun and it's gonna make my hair go gray <laughs> that is a hundred percent accurate and you know i have never done anything this challenging this complex this stressful but when i get messages from like people around the world about how much the flop drop has helped them sorry it's just like the nicest thing to me and it makes it all worth it. And it makes me want to continue to make these products for pets that are underserved in the pet product world, basically. Yeah. I, I, I can 100% get behind you in saying that when, when you get that response, it is, it's, it's like fuel to keep doing what you're doing. Um, that was, you know, (laughs) getting emotional is is totally understandable because I, I, I still to this day with, with Phil, sure. I don't have a company behind Phil and I just have her on Instagram, but I still look at her messages about what everyone sees her being a normal pug, basically, even though she has her brace and her neurological issues. And they, you know, you get these messages from people that are just, you know, um, like, oh, when I was young, I I had an injury and I can't use my my one arm. And you're like, oh, like, I wasn't expecting to read this at like six o'clock in the morning. And then you're like, you're like okay and you're like and i watch phil every day and it inspires me just to keep going it doesn't matter if i can't use the arm i could just keep living my life and having a great time it's like all right yep um and it'll be you know six o'clock in the morning and i'll be sitting there just like tears in my eyes i'm like i my my pug is helping people so i'm not gonna stop showing people that hey she's normal she's a regular pug she just, you know, has a brace and, and that's, and it's okay. And just like when you, like when we got 
the original, the, the binge blocker and the, and the water. Yeah, it's funny. I always I always laugh because people are like, oh, you have one of those fluff troughs? I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I show like we have a, a stack of them and they're like, why do you have so many? I was like, well, we have one that's in her, you know, the pug's room upstairs. <laughs> Uh, I have one in my office that's a water, you know, one of the water dishes here. Then we have their feeding bowls on the main floor and the water bowl. And then we also have the ones that we take with us when we travel. It's people are just like, you're a little crazy. I was like, it's when you have something this good that can help your your pet, who is your family, (laughs) why not, you know, get as many as you you possibly can for every situation why there's no point in having a regular water bowl there's no point in having it when you have all these these great inventions that make their lives easier and that's that's all i want is make their lives easier so they're happy and they live a long healthy life not having any issues drinking or eating like that's it's like number one, like I want them to be around as long as possible and eating properly is a great way to do that. Yeah, and, and thank you for sharing. Like that's very special about how Phil is connecting with other people. I, I know you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's just an amazing feeling to know your pug is helping other people on a daily basis. And the funny thing is I've gotten messages from people who have gone on vacation and didn't bring their fluff troughs and their dogs will not eat from anything else. (laughs) And someone is shipping the bulls like FedEx from home to their vacation spot because (laughs) their dogs will not eat. So we are going to make a a collapsible travel trough to make it easy to travel, but that's just, you know, a little bit down the pipeline because the engineering is a little more complex on that. Yeah, I, I could imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that's that's uh, one thing that I mean, Phil will eat from from anything if you let her. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> Phil will eat. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing is Phil will eat and she has corrupted Penny and now Penny will also eat because Penny just didn't care. She used to actually be a free feeder, I think, uh, the when we adopted her. And I was like, ah, that's not a thing that happens here. If there's <laughs> food out, it's going to be eaten by Phil. Yes. So and she, when we do go someplace or if we do forget the bowls and we have to just make do, uh, I already know that like, okay, the rest of this trip is just going to smell like a pug's butt. Because it's it's like it doesn't. It just takes one meal without the fluff trough for all the gas to come back. (laughs) Yeah, it does. I mean, I, uh, you know, eventually down the road, I'm I'm going to do more consumer education. But it is hard to eat from a traditional floor based bowl. It is uncomfortable. It does create a lot of digestive issues. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to swallow. I mean, and um, you know, there are just uh, vets will tell you it it it's not good for their spine and just it causes a lot of issues down the road. Yeah. I mean, it's especially when I have a dog that has a spinal issue. Yeah. It's kind of nice to not have to worry about her craning her neck that she injured yes. uh, to eat so or drink for that matter. So, but Deborah, I, I can't thank you enough for, 
first, you know, obviously for coming on here and, and, and chatting about the, the fluff trough and uh, what you've done and your just everything in general, because it, it is a beautiful story to go from somebody that would, you know, you, you were in, you were not in the, uh, the business of creating pet products and, no. and then, you know, you saw the problem and you wanted to fix the problem and look where it's led you. <laughs> so I, I, I do want to thank you for coming on and, and, and telling us that, that story. And of course, I want to thank you just personally for creating it on behalf of Phil and now Aww. Penny, because it, it's made their lives so much better. Um, and that I, I, we have to watch with Phil because when like we go visit Matilda, um, because obviously our, our friend Mandy and her pug Matilda, they have fluff trough as well. And a uh, big problem is whenever Phil goes over there and sees it, she gets amped up and excited because she thinks it's time <laughs> to eat. But that just tells you it's it's something and it's something that your dog will recognize <laughs> once they have it. Um, but no, I, honestly, thank you so much for this. And um, before we go, it, it, where can people find all of the information online about you know the fluff trough and, and all all your products really? Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed talking with you today. And you know, I love you and your wife so much. <laughs> and the pugs. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, our website is uh, flufftroff.com. And, um, you know, we are, we're coming out with, with new products. So um, if you sign up for our email list, or just watch us on social media, that's where we do all the new product updates. Uh, we just had the water bowl back in stock a couple weeks ago and it sold out in less than five minutes. So oh, man. we're, we're hoping to get our next batch of inventory in soon. Um, but, but just thank you so much. I really had a great time today. Well, thank you once again. And uh, until next time.